The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bad With Names. I'm your host, Don Will, and I'm actually the Grinch. Seriously. I fucking hate the holidays. I actually hate from roughly October 15th to January 15th, around that. Like, I figured it out. I did the math on that. Like, I just don't. It's, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of, like, it ramps up my anxiety. You got to fucking get a costume for Halloween. And if you don't wear one, you're a weirdo. And everybody's like, why don't you have a costume on? And then Thanksgiving comes around. You got to figure out where you're going to eat at. If you're from out of town, you got to fucking go home. And you got to figure that finances out. And then for Christmas, you got to buy shit. And you got to stand in line and be really aggro and target and fucking want to punch somebody in the face because they're, they're, they're like, standing in the middle of the aisle looking at a, a list of things to buy. Um, I didn't punch anybody in the face, but I did go to Target today. And I did get my daughter some gifts. Got her the, what's it called? Uh, Our Generation doll. I think those are hot in the streets. If you don't, for any parents out there looking to get their child something that's not as expensive as an American Girl doll, but it's popular, that Our Generation doll is, is, is the jam. Um, it's the jam. I was gonna get her the, the horse house thing, but that shit was $80. And look, look, I'm pretty sure her mom doesn't really want another large object that's going to take up a lot of space in her house. So I have to be considerate of that. I don't have room for a fucking horse. And she's not over here all the time. So what am I going to do? Like, just fucking have a dollhouse in my house and play with it? I mean, I guess I could. That's the Actually, that's the goal. Why am I telling y'all all this shit? That's probably why I have a podcast, because I need to tell people stuff. But whatever. Um, yeah, so I got her some gifts. You know what I'm saying? Got her some gifts for christmas the holiday that i hate i will be in new york for christmas actually um i'm not going anywhere i'm probably going to a christmas dinner um probably gonna go to a bar i don't think i should go to a bar i drink a lot i'm actually gonna try to not drink so much next year that's my goal but yeah i'm gonna be here for christmas and man like i don't like the holidays for another reason because like Every year around Christmas, something fucked up happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, my grandmother and my father died a couple days after Christmas. Like, on the same day, essentially, they died. Like, within years of one another. But, it's turned down, but so what? Motherfuckers die. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's sad. Like, stuff like that happens. Or, like, I lose things. Like, this year I lost a couple freelance writing gigs. Last year I lost a girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? Like, I lose things around the holidays but you know for every window that every door that closes a window opens right right that's what they tell you um i don't know what the, i don't know what the window to death is maybe it's just like a, a heightened realization of mortality and like you know like grasping seizing the moment and really attacking each day with vigor or maybe it's just a couple months of just fucking sadness and comfort eating and wishing you were dead too and like fucking drinking and staying out too late who knows i don't know um but yes i'll be here i will be in lonely new york city where everybody is and everybody's lonely um i might i might do my new tradition of going to like the the touristy shit but see again like crowds just piss me the fuck off yo like that what's that park avenue fifth avenue where they have like all the window displays and like where the christmas tree is i went up there like i want to murder people Cause there's so many of them and they're so like, oh, look at the windows, look at the lights, let's stop. I want to punch every one of them in the face, all of them. 
And they probably want to punch me because I'm part of the problem at that point. Like, if I'm hanging out, looking at the lights and looking at the windows and shit, like, I'm adding to the clusterfuck. So maybe this year I won't do it. Maybe I'll find another. Maybe I'm I'm trying to find a new tradition. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to find my own groove to get in, like some shit to do for Christmas so that it's not about death and sadness every fucking year. <laughs> Damn, that sounds that sounds so melancholy. It's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. Yo, fuck Christmas carols. Um, I went to the movies. Me and my friend went to see Top 5. And since I'd already seen Top 5, which is a wonderful fucking film. Like, seriously, Top 5 is a great movie. Seeing it the second time, it was even better. And I'm not even just saying that shit because it's a black movie. But it was really good. Again. Um, I, You know, movie tickets are, what, 15 bucks? So I'm like, well, you know, that's... They used to be 7. So I'm like, we got to see two movies. You know what I'm saying? Because... Now you gotta get your money's worth. So I tried to sneak in and see Birdman, and a lot of people want to see Birdman. And when we noticed the theater packing out and people kind of milling about with their tickets, looking at the seats, like, "Oh, it's, what happened?" I felt really bad. I felt like I was stealing at that point. So I'm like, "Let's just not see this movie." So we tried to go in and see Inherent Vice, and we watched like 30 minutes of that. I fell asleep. Um, I did take a nap. It was a good movie, but it was just. Like, the good parts were great, but the low parts were just, I mean, like, the slow parts were just low. It was like, what What am I looking at? This is boring. Um, bumped into Saul Williams in the theater, and I was like, oh, shit, what up, homie? Uh, that was my bad. The microphone got hit by the headphone cord, but I'm like, oh, shit, what up, homie? He's like, oh, shit, what up? So it was good seeing Saul. I didn't get to chop it up with him because I ended up leaving the theater. I, I just couldn't sit through that shit, man. I just had to, I had to get out of there. I was tired. It was late. Um, yeah, but so go see Inherent Vice. I'm not telling you what, what not to see, but I will tell you what to see. Go see Top 5, for real. Chris Rock made a heat rock. <laughs> oh, pun intended. Uh, also got a chance to hang out with Paul Rudd. How random is that? Yeah, we um, Gene and the Everybody's Pregnant, which is Gene Grey, Quelle, Sunny Moon, and myself, we had a show at John Hodgman's Secret Society show, which is a secret. And that's why I didn't really explain the picture on Facebook. I didn't want to violate the, the oath that I took of secrecy, the vow of secrecy that I took. But, yeah, so, you know, we show up and we're in the green room chilling and fucking I walk in and Paul Rudd and Michael Ian Black and Paul John Hodgman are sitting there like going over lines. And I'm like, oh, shit, Paul Rudd, I just watched the admission or whatever that shit's called yesterday. But, you know, he was pretty cool. I made a joke. I told him he was going to get pregnant because the band is the Everybody's Pregnant. He was like, I'm ready for it. And he high-fived me after the show. So, you know, that was pretty cool. Uh, Wyatt was there. Eugene Merman was... I keep saying Merman. Merman was there. It was a good time, man. Um, And by the way, if you're in the Bay Area, me and Wyatt will be doing Shouting at the Screen in late January at Sketchfest. Get your tickets to that. But yeah, Paul Rudd was a cool dude, man. Um, Wyatt, I said Wyatt, like y'all know. Wyatt Snack, him, that guy, will be in the Bay. Um, And yeah, right now, the woman who is in charge of shouting at the screen and um, John Hodgman's thing, the woman who helps us book those shows, those fantastic comedy shows, she's having her holiday party. And I can't go because I have to go to my pizza party, which is 
after two weeks of being canceled, back on tonight. And it, 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 it's just poetic justice that the one night that I low-key wished it was canceled. Like, I low-key was sitting here like, man, I would rather go to a holiday party and hang out with all my friends. And, you know, like, show appreciation for people who have helped me all for, you know what I'm saying, the past few months, years. I have to go to work. But not complaining about work ever. You know what I'm saying? There's some people that want to work. I, I mean, like, last year I wanted to work. Last month I wanted to work. So, you know, you can't complain about uh, creating opportunities to yourself and needing to fulfill them. You can only fulfill your ob- fulfill your obligations. And, you know, I shot, shot Mariana text like, hey, I've got to miss the party. Sorry. I'm sad. She has under she's understanding. She's like, you know, work work happens. You know, whatever. Um So what else can I say? I guess I shouldn't say fuck that. I say what I wanna say. Don't get in my head, tell me I can't talk on my motherfucking podcast. Shit. Um What was that? I have a lot of I have a lot of uh my, my my logic has been crashing a lot lately, and I don't know what it's about. I got to figure that out, and I might have to switch methods to doing this show, but I really like logic because I know logic, but it's been crashing a lot. It crashed twice during this episode, and instead of what I did last week where I like did the little drop and explained what had happened, I'm just going to insert a sound. It'll probably be the the sound from the intro. It'll be this, that. It'll be that sound. So... Um, let's get into this episode. This is actually a, a really cool episode with a friend of mine, Tatiana Faz Lalizade. And if you're bad with names like me, you might not remember how to say her last one, or just you can just call her Tatiana F. But she's the founder of the Stop Telling Women to Smile project, a really cool street art project centered around um, street harassment and feminism. So it gets a little heady. It gets slightly heady in the middle, but. You know what I'm saying? Like, towards the end, we lighten it up. I don't want you guys to think this is going to be all, like, fight the power, fist in the air, nigga, don't look at me, don't talk to me, fuck you, don't holler at me. It's not going to be all that. But it is going to tell you guys how to be better allies to the women in your lives and how to just be better people in general. Uh, oh, man, oh, man. And during one crash, in, this, in the middle segment, there was a crash where we were talking about um, just being a better ally. And I compared being a better ally to just being a better customer service agent. And it was a it was like a cool little joke. It was pretty fucking funny. And it's lost. But men, men, if you want to be a better ally to those feminists in your life and just women in general, learn some customer service. You know, how may I help you? Listen and then try to don't even try to solve the problem. Just find go get your fucking manager. You know, what, is, what the fuck is that noise? All right, let's get into the episode. So, what's up? <laughs> what's up? <laughs> All right. I don't know. What don't we doing? you have like an intro or something that you do? That is the intro. <laughs> There's like, what, what's the intro? Like, I have to tell people who you are. Yeah, like hi. It says on the. Is... It says on the thing your name. So <laughs> you can say you can do, introduce yourself if you want to. It's your show. Aren't you supposed to like no, do like introduction? No, it's not. It's not a really a big deal to introduce the people. <laughs> it's an hour's worth of whatever. Right? Okay. All right. So <laughs> this is Ta- Ta- say it. Tatiana Faz Lalizade. I didn't want to say your last name. Tatiana Faz Lalizade. 
Yes. Right. Uh, the creator of the Stop Telling Women to Smile project mm-hmm. and several other artistic endeavors. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's get right into talking about your background in the arts. Like you, you went to school for art, right? Mm-hmm. I went to the University of the Arts in Philadelphia. University of the Arts in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. How was that? It was good. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought that it was a great school. My program that I was in, I, I really thought was great. I was an illustration major. And I had some, you know, really good teachers. And I, it was good. I was coming from Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, where I'm from. And so moving to Philly when I was 17 years old, um, it was great for me. I enjoyed it. I loved it as soon as I got there. How how big of a difference was Oklahoma in Philly? I, I would imagine you were like a city slicker. Like I mean, I was like to your <laughs> friends back home, like, oh man. Yeah, I was. They're like, oh, she moved to Philly. Like, because you know, like Oklahoma, they still ride horses and shit, right? They ride horses in Brooklyn too. I mean, they do. They <laughs> I do. I saw somebody riding a horse in Brooklyn not very long ago. They do, which is which is <laughs> strange, but it's true. But I think, like, I would, I would imagine in Oklahoma, horses are like another mode of transportation, like a motorcycle, a no, bike, a skateboard, a horse. People drive cars in Oklahoma. People <laughs> ride horses, yes. There are a lot of horses, especially in the country. I yes. know they have cars out there, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, in my mind, horses are pretty, like, horses are like a pet out right, there. Right, but it's not like I'm a mode of transportation. You're not going to, like, ride your horse to the other side of town and go pick up groceries. It's nobody, like... nobody has a horse parked at the Walmart. <laughs> Nobody. No. Okay. All right. It's fine. So. <laughs> but yeah, moving to Philly from Oklahoma City, it was a huge difference. But I adapted very easily and very well. Like I wasn't like some of my friends that I made who were like calling home every day and just like missing their family and missing their hometowns. I was into it as soon as I moved to Philly. I was just I was like, oh, I'm here. <laughs> Did so you didn't really necessarily get the homesick thing. No. Do you get homesick? Oh, well, so how long were you in Philly? I was in Philly for nine years. So Philly would almost verifiably be like a second home, like officially like a second home. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I actually kind of grew into an adult in Philadelphia. Right. Do you ever find yourself getting homesick for Philly? No. I miss my friends sometimes, but... Because uh, I, we didn't, I didn't mention it, but you you, made, you moved from Philly to Brooklyn, and you're, right. you're Brooklyn-based now. Right, exactly. And you've been here for how long? Two years. Two years. So back to what we were saying. You don't, you don't get Philly homesick. No, I don't. I, I miss my friends, but I think we talk enough and we see each other enough to where that's, that's fine. I don't miss the city so much anymore. Whenever I go back... Actually, recently, it, it's kind of feels like it's changing a little bit, which is kind of weird for me because I feel like I knew it so well. But now being gone, and even in just two years, it feels, I don't know, not the same. You mean like a gentrification change or like a... Not necessarily a gentrification change. I don't know if I'm, I'm not there enough to kind of witness that, but just kind of... I don't know, it's a different energy, it's a different vibe, you know what I mean? When I, when I lived there, I knew my neighborhoods, I knew everything, I just knew the city so well. And now whenever I visit, I'm just like, oh, that, I don't, maybe you this? Maybe you've forgotten where you're from. No, not They say people change, maybe you not change. Not in two years, not in two years. <laughs> <laughs> not in two years. But so, um, when you were in Philly, I know Philly has an incredible art scene, like a visual art scene and murals and all that. Mm-hmm. Did you were you um, doing work like you were doing work in the murals and stuff like you, you were working in that area right? 
Yeah, for a couple years. Like the last two years or so that I was in Philly, I was doing murals. So I did the Roots mural, and then I did a mural before that. So I I started to get into public art kind of late in my Philadelphia life. So, all right, with that being your background, the question is, because the project you have now, in a sense, it it uses your art school education, no doubt. Like, like you kind of just use it in general. But... Would you say that you're making your art degree work for you, or would you just say that you like use that as a? No, I, I guess I guess the I, I guess the que- I asked that question because as a person with an art degree, mm-hmm. me myself, not you, as a person with an art degree, I find that I don't meet too many artists that use their degree for their specific discipline. They either have a job totally out of the arts, or they do something that they never planned they would be doing. So I mean, like, did you? I, I mean, I, you you're you're primarily an illustrator, and, and your um, stop selling women to smile project is an illustration based project. Mm-hmm. So, would you consider that using your degree? You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's what I'm saying. Um, that's uh, that's a good question. I I don't consider it using my degree because it's a street art project, okay. which is very very far from a freelance illustrator it's a different environment it's a different medium it's you know I'm not being paid to do it you know what I mean it's not a commission job I simply started a project for my own personal reasons I just wanted to do something different and try something different and it just kind of took off so my degree really has no relation to it you know um, I, I was an illustration major and so I do freelance illustration work but this wasn't a, an illustration job this was just right. me trying something fun and, and going with it um, and I guess I, I want to get into the Stop Telling Women to Smile project, but I want to hold off before we get into it, into it. What's your process in general when you're trying to start a new project? Like, any sort of project. Like, how do you... Well, it, it's... How does it germinate? It, it, I, I have to know what I want to talk about. Like, I feel like my work is definitely about talking about stuff like i i want to touch on a subject i want to touch on a theme i want to like use my work as an expression or any reaction to something um and so then it goes from there and then i'm also a portrait artist like i i do portraits that's my primary thing that's what i mostly do i i actually don't do anything else other than portraits and i love doing portraits um because my idea is trying to take a portrait and make it a conceptual portrait. So I want to address something using a portrait. How can I make people relate to this idea or, or this topic by relating to this human being that they're seeing through this painting or drawing? Um, so this is my, I, kind of my basic ideas um, or my foundation that I come into when I'm starting a new project. And then it's like, okay, what, where do I go from there? Right. Um, so it really depends on what I want to talk about and um, how I want to talk about it and who I want to kind of be the face of that. Um, and this is kind of for my social political type work, which is mostly what I do. But then I also just have kind of just paintings that I just want to do. I'll do like a painting of, I don't know, I did a painting of Little Kim recently just because I wanted a painting of Little Kim to hang up on my wall because she's dope and I love her. And so, you know what I mean? And so it's like, sometimes I just do just these kind of flat out, aesthetically pleasing, technically well done paintings just for like practice or just for 
fun um, or their commissions or somebody commission me hey can you paint this for me and I'll do that yeah. um, so it's kind of like two different directions that I'm going in whenever I start a new piece either something that's just for fun or something that somebody told me to do or, or paid me to do or it's something that I'm, I'm really spending some time in and thought process on because it's something that I actually want to say with the work you know yeah and, and I feel like your work says a lot when you when you want to say something and even when you don't want to say something it says you know it, it has a, it has an overall theme or a message to it and like I, I for some reason I think I remember you saying the little Kim painting has something to do with like challenging feminism yeah 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 challenging yeah. the idea of what feminism is and what it can be right so even the paintings that I do that aren't the paintings aren't a part of something very specific itself even if it's just like it's just a straight up portrait of someone I'm painting that person for a reason right. you know what I'm saying I'm painting Little Kim for a reason I'm not just about to paint fucking Miley Cyrus or you know booby or whoever honey boo boo <laughs> or whomever you know what i'm saying just for the fuck of it you know what i mean like if i'm painting you i'm painting you because you you mean something to me um why whether it's i really love your music or um i you know i i relate to you somehow or i think that you're important and that your face should be shown or that i want to actually spend an hour and a half to you know five hours actually painting your face for a reason so even the people that i paint um when it's just for fun there's i'm still painting them for reason you know there's still a theme in all of my work as far as who I'm portraying and why I'm portraying them this is like really technical I guess but why paint like did how come it wasn't any other medium I remember when I was in art school I gravitated more towards photography because I could never get a realistic enough I couldn't draw people the way they look to me mm -hmm. like the eyes are just always fucked up mm -hmm. and even like when I went home and looked at some of my older stuff I'm like yo Everything but the eyes looks fucking awesome. Like so, that made me go to photography because and that way I could capture the person as they as they were before me. But why did you choose to go with paint? Um, I I chose to go with paint because I realized that I was good at it. Like that's really the only reason. I didn't start actually oil painting until I got to college. Before when I was in high school, it was just you know drawing pastel pencil. I did some watercolor, but I didn't start using oil paint until I got to college. And when I first started it, I was not good at it. Like the first <laughs> few paintings that I did, and I think it's because of the technique we were using. We were doing you know just live painting. So you go into a class, they set up a still life, or you have a nude model, and you just paint. And this was my first time using oil paint, and I was not very good at it until. Um, one of my oil painting teachers she showed us a technique we had to use this one technique for one of our classes which was called the wipeout technique and that's where you uh, use the rag with the linseed oil to wipe. right yeah. right so if you like see some my, of my, my degree um, paid for it though, <laughs> right that. and and I have like some time-lapse videos of me painting if you watch them you'll see me like go in like with the rag and I kind of wipe out paint and that's the wipeout technique and for me it works very very well I've kind of like ventured out and so I don't always use it now I'm, I'm better at painting and so I don't always have to use it but it just worked so well for me and that's when I started really getting good at painting um, and then I just loved it I'm like oh I'm good at this I enjoy it uh, and um, I, I think I want to stick with this you know I you in recent years have branched out obviously doing we pace and then you know I, I try to pick up a camera sometimes and I, I'm starting to like get into video trying to um so as a creative person i do feel like i have the resources and i can try out new things um but painting has just always been like the primary thing because you know 
I'm good at it and I enjoy it. And not a lot of people use it. I mean, it's a traditional thing. It's kind of dying out, like not a lot of people paint. And so to still be able to do it and do it well. Um, yeah, it's very analog, if you will. It is. It's like, it's it like a music analog. how everybody uses computers to make music or everybody, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I'm like carrying around crates of, of, right. of records. Right, like an old school. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, but so... I want to talk about Stop Telling Women to Smile, and I want to talk about your motivations behind doing it, and I just kind of want to talk about the project in general, but I want to take a break first (laughs) and come right back, because I have to take a break. Is that okay? That's fine. All right. (laughs) Have you subscribed to Bad With Names? All right. What about rating it? You rated it? Really? All right. All right. So, so what about a review? Have you done all of those three things? Have you subscribed, rated, and reviewed? Um, if not, now's the perfect time. So you can like even pause right here and just go click, or you even gotta pause. Just click follow. Just do some internet shit and leave comments and all that. You can follow us on Twitter at bwn podcast, and you can email me if you really want to at bwn podcast at gmail.com. You might want to email me about this space where I plug things I was supposed to plug somebody's shit this week but I didn't take good enough notes and I don't remember who it was um so I'm sorry feel free to email me and tell me I forgot you who was it I don't know uh I I don't know oh I was supposed to give you guys a taste of the advice column that's what I wanted to do um okay so how about this at the next break I'll give you guys a taste of the advice column or, or the advice thing and we'll figure that out like I want you guys to send me questions and shit so I'll send you I'll give you guys a taste of what it's like and we can go from there alright bad with names right now let's go alright so let's talk about stop telling women to smile recently you were in Miami for art Basil, Brazil, Basil, Basil. I still don't know how to say it. I say Basil, 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 whatever. <laughs> basil, let's let's decide on a way to say it right now. Let's say now. Basil. I, basil? I like Basil, yeah. Basil, okay. Yeah. So you were in Miami for our Basil. <laughs> <laughs> how was your experience down there? Besides sitting on the beach with a daiquiri until six in the morning, loving your life, while we were fucking up here in the cold. I didn't have a daiquiri, so fail there. I did not. Did you have some Hennessy? I didn't. I didn't really drink when I was... Well, that's a lie. That's a lie. I okay. did drink. Um, it, it was cool. I didn't go as, like, an artist really participating. Like, I didn't have any plans. I wasn't showing any fairs. I didn't have, like, a wall designated to, like, paint on as far as, like, street art or, 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 or mural. Um, I just kind of went as a spectator, really. I wanted to go to Miami. I wanted to go see what this thing was all about and put up some wheat paste, you know? So I took some posters with me, and I was just like, I'll just get up with some volunteers. We'll go around the city and wheat paste. And that's my main goal is just to get up some stop telling them to smile pieces everything else I'll just kind of figure out when I get there and that's what it was so I got there I was just in Wynwood which is crazy Wynwood is like um, a neighborhood with a lot of art and a lot of the murals um, so you walk by and there's just artists outside on walls just painting just painting and painting and when Basel's not going on is it like an area where there's a lot of street art and stuff like is it is it a, is it a 
Is it just an art area where art is dedicated to art? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, if you go to Wynwood, there's just, there's murals everywhere. All right. Right, like on all the walls, every building, they're just everywhere. Um, and it, it was really beautiful, and it was a lot of dope work. It was a lot of average work, too, but, I mean, it was a lot of good stuff. Shade, um, I'm about to sip I my mean, tea. I mean, no shade. <laughs> you did I'm give me a glass saying. of tea. You gave me some tea, a cup of tea before, so I'm going to sip my right. tea while you talk. Let's uh, spill this tea real quick. <laughs> um, uh, it was, you know what I mean? If you have, like, a ton of artists, then, of course, a lot of this shit is going to be kind of average. You like know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, if you have a show that, like, literally shows running every day from noon until two in the morning, it's going to be some bullshit there. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. And then it was also, like, it was weird being there when everything was happening with the Eric Garner indictment, yeah. right? So that happened when I was there. I didn't know anything about it till I got home late one night and then I got on my computer and I'm just like, oh shit. Um, and so, because nobody was talking about it. Like you're in this area in Miami and you know, you know, there's all these celebrities there for Art Basel. There's all these parties going on. It's all this kind of elitism when it comes to, like, the art world. And it's just a bunch of shit going on. And I was talking with a friend of mine, um, Carl, who's an awesome street artist. And he was there. And we just kind of met up. And he was just like, you know, I just don't even, like, I feel like I'm in a bubble. And it just feels weird. Nobody's really talking about, it. like, even the artists. Like, we're here. We're creating art. Why aren't we talking about the stuff that's happening in the world? Um and so it was just kind of, it, it was a weird thing. But then towards later in the week, there were like some protests and stuff that started yeah. happening, um, which was great. Um, but for the most part, it just kind of felt like you were just kind of surrounded by this kind of weird high-end art world, which I'm not really that comfortable in to begin with. Like even here in New York, I'm not really a part of, even though I know like, some artists who are, you know, I used to intern for a really um, famous artist who's super sweet and a, and a great woman. Um, and I've been to, you know, just a lot of events and parties. I've been around these people who are in, like, you know, the Chelsea and just you know, this kind of big New York art world. The socialite, scene, right? the socialite side of exactly, which is basically what Art Basel is just on yeah, socialite on hundred thousand, right, right, on hundred, right. And so it, it was like that, um, and it's like. It was, it was good to see. Like it was good to be there as a spectator, and so I know, like for future years, if I want to go again, I probably don't. But if I do want to go again, I know what to do better. I know, you know. And, and not to cut you off, but that's even how I feel about South by Southwest and other music festivals. Like I feel like they're great opportunities to connect with the rest of the music community that you don't mm -hmm. get to see from around the country. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a great opportunity to discover new music. But I feel like if you're trying to really not necessarily break yourself, but if you're just trying to, you know, just like sustain yourself, it's not really a sustainable model to go to South by Southwest every year because mm -hmm. when you're there, you're just hemorrhaging money. Mm -hmm. and, and you get maybe one show, you get one official showcase, then you have to get all these other unofficial showcases that you can't really do because they're unofficial. And you, it's just, it's too much. It's like being, in, it's like being on someone's actual iPod. You know, like, <laughs> right? Like, really like, is. how can you if, if the nigga want to hear Jay Z, they just go fast forward you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so. Right. It was, it was, it was so much going on. Like, I would just be like somewhere hanging out with someone. They're like, oh, this party's happening tonight, or this opening is happening, or so and so is doing an installation here. It's like, damn, what really? But this is happening here and here and here, and it's just like. 
I was just like, I don't know. I was just kind of going with the flow. You know, I was just like, I'm going to just end up where I end up. And Do you feel like your time there was successful, though, in terms of like what you set out? Because you said you kind of went out there with loose plans, not really like a concrete thing. Very, very loose plans. I bought a ticket to Miami. Like, I'm going to go to Miami. I didn't know where I was staying. You know what I mean? I just kind of figured it all out. Um, and so... Uh, I do feel like the trip was successful because I made a couple of goals. The goals were get up at least this amount of wheat paste around the city, right? So just small posters, 24 by 36 inches, drive around Miami, put up wheat paste posters for Stop Telling Them to Smile, which is what I do in other cities. I did that. We got up, you know, like 30 to 40 pieces, which I think, in, in different neighborhoods, which I think is good. Um, and then uh, another goal was to do kind of a larger piece in or around Wynwood. And I made that happen, which is very difficult, but it happened. Um, and and that was it. That was it. I was like, I want to put up some art, and then that's it. Whatever else happens. Oh, and go to the beach, of course. And go to the, of course. And that happened multiple times. <laughs> so it was a very successful trip. And I went to, you know, I ended up getting into, like, some parties. I ended up talking with some really good folks that we get to talk to. I talked to a lot of New York folks. There were a lot of New York people, so I ended up yeah. just kind of hanging out with New York people who were in Miami. And it was just good to reconnect with these people or to meet them for the first time. Um, and that was great. So it was definitely a fun trip. I, I definitely recommend going there for going to Basel for anyone who just wants to go just you know just to see it just to be involved in it at least one time and so now I know what to do better for next year if I want to go again so. actually to backtrack a little bit being that I realize I haven't fully explained who you are <laughs> right you like let's just start talking <laughs> like okay it's my show nobody telling me how to run my shit no. <laughs> but um Explain Stop Telling Women to Smile. Like, I mean, just uh, as brief a synopsis as you can. Like, I know that it's it's very multi-layered and it's, it's it's wrapped up in so much. And, like, it's it's been wildly successful in this viral sort of natural organic way. Um, everything from the Kickstarter campaign to just, just the support on the ground from just, you know, people Instagramming it and tagging it. Like, just, I guess, give us a little background on the project for people who aren't familiar with your work. Okay, well, Stop Telling Them to Smile is a street art project that is addressing gender-based street harassment. Um, so basically sexual harassment against women that happens in public spaces. And it is based in wheat pasting posters. And wheat paste is an adhesive that street artists use. It's just flour and water, mix it together, makes it glue. Um, the game is to be sold, I told. No, oh. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I mean, I'm anybody want to go outside and do some wee pacing, this is how you do it. Um, but, but yeah, and, and so if you, you know, for those who don't know what it is, if you go outside and you see like kind of these billboards that are put up or, or um, you know, paper that's attached to walls and it's just kind of art, wee paste is what they used to do it. And so that's what Stop Telling Them to Smile is based in. It's based in wee pasting these prints, these black and white prints um, outside on outdoor walls and public spaces. It's about reclaiming spaces as women. It's about um, amplifying our voices. It's about putting our faces out there and saying what we have to say about what happens to us in the street. Um, now, the posters themselves are composed of portraits that I draw of individual women that I meet and talk to about their experiences with street harassment. And under those posters, under those portraits, are 
captions, text that reads what this woman wants to say about her perspective on street harassment. So Stop Telling Women to Smile is one of those, right? Which is composed under my portrait. It was one of the very first pieces. They say things like, my name is not baby, or women aren't seeking your validation. Um, you know, women don't owe you their time or conversation. Things that kind of talk about a particular um, perspective on, on street harassment and what yeah. women go through. And I know the street harassment has um, been getting a lot of shine lately. It's been it's been in the news a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like we, we had this conversation the other day how street harassment almost ties into like um, the police thing. Mm-hmm. I, I lost I lost I lost the way I was gonna say what I was gonna say it just mm-hmm. all disappeared but, <laughs> but so it's such it's, it's such a layered topic because with street harassment and being a black woman and then feminism like there are a lot of different angles that I guess you can attack this from you can discuss it from and I know that you were saying that um, black feminism is treated differently than white feminism Mm-hmm. Okay, so this this is what I'm doing right here. This is what I'm doing right here. I'm a man. I'm a, I'm a man. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I and see that. For men to understand feminism is kind of, it's, it's a lot to wrap your head around. Like, I know that a lot of dudes, like, I get it. And I, I even get the street harassment thing. But for a lot of dudes, you see them and you, you want to distance yourself from them immediately. But I don't know if distancing yourself from them will help them. They don't understand, A, why it's not okay to, to behave like that. And B, the ones that don't think it's okay, they don't know how to be good allies at times. Mm-hmm. So there's this, within the, the, for men, there's this thing where we don't know how to help. You know like, <laughs> We don't know how to stop the knucklehead and we don't know how to not, we don't know how to like assist properly. So um, what would you say is the proper way for, are you like how I just jumped into feminism and passed? Stop telling women to smile. <laughs> no, I mean, it's the Top Telling Women to Smile is a feminist project, so. Right, so I guess just give me some input on what what you, you think feminism is. Your, your thoughts on feminism and how a man could be a better ally. Well, I think that, here's the thing about being an ally. Everybody can be an ally no matter who you are. Um, to somebody else because everybody has some type of privilege and so whatever privilege you have is your job to be an ally to the person who um, does not have that privilege so me I am a cisgender um, able-bodied you know woman who has privilege over other people so if you know someone with a disability says to me this is what you can do this is what my life is like this is what you can do to help or or just be aware of what I go through then it's my job as an ally to first of all stop sit down shut up and listen right um i think that's the first thing that allies do is just you have to listen you can't like talk over someone um which is what i find happens a lot when i have conversations with men about this project or they just jump in oh well this 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 and this you know or being accusatory or being defensive when it's not your place to do that it's some a time and place where you need to stop and just listen to what a woman has right. to say, right? Um, so you stop and you listen. And not only do you listen, but you believe them and you believe what they say to you. You don't question them. You don't, you know, question the validity of what they're saying when they're telling you about their life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is my life experience. This is what happens to me all the time. What has <laughs> happened to me all the time. So you can't come in like, 
Nah. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I had a hard day work. I ain't got no job. Nigga, what are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. You need to be going somewhere for you eight hours. No job, no job. Tommy. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You can't do that. Yeah. You know, you have to listen and you have to believe them. And then it, you take cues from them as far as what they think you can do as far as helping the solution. In this case, I think that guys can help by not harassing women in the street <laughs> by that is pretty much you know the I mean? only way to help <laughs> and by acknowledging that this is what we go through and that if you you know try to approach a woman and she turns you down don't and you approach her in a respectful way don't get all hurt and you know feeling rejected and stuff because you understand that this is what her life is like that right. she goes through these experiences where she is being harassed a lot right another thing you guys can do is talk to your homeboys talk to your dudes and be like yo that's not cool this is not cool um, I think that if everybody has an understanding of what women go through and that we shouldn't go through that then you either stop the behavior that you're doing or you talk to guys and you intercede when guys are doing shit that is not cool you know um, I think that these are ways that guys can be allies because I, I know that we were um, we did the we went to the march together mm-hmm. and when we were there you were saying how you know it, it, you felt kind of weird in a way because like women were standing up in a lot of ways men don't stand up mm-hmm. for women's lives you know what I'm saying yeah. like, and like even like just the the women's lives matter like mm-hmm. like a lot of a lot of women have been killed by the police as well mm-hmm. you know like and it's just it doesn't really get spoken on as much as when like the, the minute a male black body falls it's up in arms yeah. but when the same thing happens to a woman on like a, the day before it's kind of silent yeah which is you know I think that's an interesting dynamic too in terms of like just Sexism, and in terms of um, just the way that, like, if, if Black Lives Matter, that's got to make women feel like their lives are less than that. You know what I'm saying? Like to right, never exactly. be spoke, stood up for, or spoken for. Especially if you think about the Millions March was, you know, planned by two Black women. Right. You know what I mean? And so, whenever something happens to a Black man. Women are there, black women are there, and we are supportive, and we are going strong, and we are just, you know, we we are there, you know, and we don't question it, we just support it, and we, because we understand that this is what happens to the men in our lives, and that it's not right, and it's that because of racism, and that we are affected by racism too. And I think that's why we are so um, steadfast when it comes to standing up for guys and, and what happens to the black men in our lives when it comes to state violence against black men. But I think what happens is that um, there's this thing where women's lives black women's lives aren't taken into account the same way that black men's lives are so it's like when something happens to a black woman you don't see like these rallies and these marches and these protests happening on such a large scale um for one it doesn't get as much attention in the media um it just doesn't because our 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 lives just I guess they're just not as important you know what I mean and then it's also the sexism part of it so I think Black women, we can understand when these injustices happen to black men due to race, right? Because we go through that same racism. I think when something happens to a black woman that's of a sexual nature, if it's a sexual assault or something like that, black men don't come to our rescue because maybe they don't understand that. They don't relate to that sexism yeah. part of it. You know what I mean? The way that we relate to the racism part of it. So as black women, we, we're dealing with racism and we're dealing with sexism. And we're dealing with it at the hands of everybody, white women, white White men, black men, you know what I mean? Black men aren't dealing with anything when it comes to black women. You know, we, we aren't.
It didn't miss that much, but I'm really worried about this computer. And this, it, it crashes a lot now. Oh. I'm recording it, and uh, I'm recording this. Oh. Just to let people know that it crashed. Whatever. Okay. But <clears throat> so. <laughs> we were having some good conversation too but so alright what would you like to see happen next with uh, Stop Telling Women to Smile Stop Telling Women to Smile I, I I would like to see it just become this kind of um, this thing that's just ongoing you know that it, it continues on in the future and that I don't have to really be the the one resource for it to, right. to be happening. You know what I mean? Like, I just wanted to kind of be this standalone project that just kind of continues. Um, and so for this next year, I'm really, really pushing it hard to get it there so that I can um, really focus on other stuff. And um, and so that basically means having, you know, teams of people in different cities across the world, just repacing the stuff regularly. Um, I, I plan to, you know, go to a couple other international cities. I went to Mexico City um, this summer and I want to go to some other international cities and, you know, again, get the ball rolling in in some in some countries abroad and then you know just kind of let it live on you know um all you need is like we paste in the paper and the prints and you can just go out and, and paste them and so it's about just kind of building that team and that structure to kind of have that continue on what other um stuff would you like to what other what else do you want to focus on like are you do you have other projects planned or i i do i'm working on a couple of things um that's I guess I can't really talk about right now. I'm doing something with Spike Lee that hopefully will, um, but I guess I can't talk too much about it just yet. That's all you um, gotta say. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm also Not working. Not trying to fuck up them checks. <laughs> <laughs> You're stupid. Um, but but yeah, I, I'm I'm starting. I want to start some other projects. You know, I'm, I want to start a project similar to Stop Telling Smile um, that is talking about blackness, right? And so instead of addressing, you know, street harassment, I want to talk about the way that black people are are feared because I think a lot of the stuff that happens to us when it comes to, like violence against us um, is due to this kind of fear of blackness. Um, you know, I feel like when our culture isn't being appropriated, it's being feared. And so it's like, I, I, I kind of want to address that. In the same way, stop telling them to smile, right? So I'll sit down with like individual people, talk to them about their experiences um, and, and things that have happened to them that were influenced by them being black and their blackness and what they want to say about that. And then from there, draw their portraits maybe create like a wee paste poster or, or just kind of create these kind of editorials about it. Um, hmm. So, and, and then some other feminist projects, you know, I'm just, I'm coming up with ideas now and just kind of like fleshing things out. So the next few months is really just gonna be me and my apartment working and just painting and making shit and seeing what happens. Just throw some paint on the wall, get your Jackson Pollock on. Yeah, absolutely. That's his name is Jackson Pollock, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was worried about the first name. I knew I knew the last name. Yeah. But um, all right. So, if you, I want you to pick one and answer it. Okay. What is one of your biggest triumphs, failures, roadblocks, or inspirations? Ever, or like just in now, general. or in just general? Now in ge- I mean, it could be ever. It could be. It could be ever in life. Okay. Say them again. 
triumph, failure, roadblock, or inspiration? Hmm. Well, um, I, I think that I... I haven't had a ton of failures, which is not a good thing to me. I feel like failures come when you try something, you risk something, and it just doesn't pan out the way that you want it to. Um, I've done a lot of stuff that um, I guess didn't pan out the way I wanted to, but I wouldn't consider them a failure. And I think that that means that I wasn't risking enough, that I wasn't trying something hard enough. I wasn't challenging myself enough. So I actually welcome more failures, and I hope that I have more failures in the future. Um, <laughs> I, that sounds it terrible, sounds crazy to say. Right? It sounds crazy to say. I want to I, fail in my life. I know what you're saying. Like, I, was talking to a, uh, <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine, and I was telling him how, like, you know, I fail a lot, but you know, like basically, what I consider just not getting the expected results failure. And he was like, "You don't be failing, man. You just be doing it." I'm like, "No, actually, that's failing. You you you're seeing me fail, but just still trying throughout the failure. Mm -hmm. It's not like you know, I get up and hit a home run every time. Mm -hmm. But so yeah, failure is definitely integral to success. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, if I think about like my paintings or like projects that I did stop before stop telling them to smile um stuff like that like they were all good right but in but they didn't like get me the exact results that i wanted but they got some results but it wasn't like a huge failure you know what i mean it wasn't so provocative it, it wasn't provocative enough going. it wasn't like it wasn't it was just like okay i feel like stop telling them to smile is the first piece of art that i've done that people either absolutely love and feel super passionate about um or they don't like it, they just hate it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like people are just kind of, oh, well, that's a nice painting, but whatever about it. Which well, I feel like a lot of my other work, that's the kind of response that it was. Like the indifference. And like as an artist, indifference is your enemy. Because indifference Absolutely. is like just the same. You treat a subway ad with indifference. It's like you look at it, it could be there, it couldn't be there. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Like there's nothing worse than working tirelessly on something to be met with just like oh that's cool yeah and maybe you know that's kind of how I felt about Basil when I say that there was a bunch of average stuff it's like you're, you're looking at artwork and as an artist I'm looking at art and I'm like okay this could be really technically te done technically very well and very very beautiful and I'll stop and I look at it and I think it's a success because of that but sometimes you just look at shit like that and you just keep walking it's just like oh that's nice but now what you know what I mean and so I don't want my art to be like that I don't want my career to be like that um, and I, I really, this project has taught me that I want to create work that is useful, that people can use, that means something to somebody. You know, it's not just like hanging a painting on a wall, like, oh, that's lovely. Right. I want it to be of use, you know? Um, like a tool, like almost like, like, a, like a, tool, a, tool. a tool for change or a tool for something. Exactly. Something other than just... And I and I firmly do believe, even though it sounds like cliche, but I do think that art can definitely be used as a tool for social change. And that's something I've been grappling with musically, is just saying something that's worth, not necessarily even worth saying, but just that that engages the listener. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like there are a million songs out there that they're dope. Mm -hmm. but you know you, you could live without hearing them mm -hmm. and then there are other songs that like it the funny thing about music and I guess art in general is that you know it's in a lot of ways it can be before it's time or, or, or ahead of it's time or like too late and when that happens the cycle has to come back around to it where you know like you might rediscover something that you that already came out whatever. Yeah. but you can never really tell what's on the pulse mm -hmm. a lot of times 
unless it's something reactionary. And I feel like stop telling stop telling women to smile was in a sense reactionary to things that you have been encountering. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you're speaking directly to an experience like that, you hit the mark or you miss the mark. And you uh, you obviously yeah. hit the mark with it that time, but like. I don't know. I, I just feel like, because I've been with you when you put up some of the posters mm-hmm. and like seeing the reaction to it, like it's it's an immediate, like, you know what I'm saying? It's immediate. Somebody wants to deface it or they want to talk to you or question you. are like, what is this? Why yeah. is this here? Right. Whereas if it was just a picture of a woman, it would just be oh, that's cool. Right, right, right. You know? Like, yeah, as an artist, you want to make stuff that, you know, and it could be any medium, you know? Like, I think that visual art in particular has a very... Um, strong advantage when it comes to creating work that elicits some type of emotional response, but it could be anything. I, I and I and I want to create art that does that, you know. And I want to, you know, I don't know, but it's I don't know. I could go on and on about this as an artist. I'm always thinking about right. this stuff. You know what I mean? I, I spend most of my days thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> because then I'm thinking about like my painting of Little Kim. It's just like, well, does that you know, does that really is that of use? Does that do anything? But, but then you, it's like it's part of a, a larger thing, right? Yeah. So maybe not the one piece, um, but then sometimes and just you, an aesthetically beautiful painting. And you also work. said you painted it because you wanted it on your wall. Right. So some yeah. things you do for yourself to figure out what to do. Exactly. Like, and you know, there it's almost like a demo. There are a lot of things that you do just to work out an idea or like to figure out a new technique or whatever. Yeah, know? absolutely. And that's just a part of being an artist too. It's just the technical part of it. You have to just work your hand and use your craft, you know? So it's also just that. So I want to take another break. Um, I hope that we got some of the good stuff that, that was in the middle of the crash. I don't know what was lost in that crash. You know, it was too hot in here. You know, we making too, this. Shit was too real. Shit was too real. What? It's the man. She was dropping bombs. The man in here trying to like. <laughs> the the man is definitely in here trying. Right. To, the man is trying to get out of the bathroom actually. Yeah, that's you, my cat. My cat's in the bathroom. If you hear clicking in the background, we had to put our cat in the background because it attacks me. He be wilding. That motherfucker's crazy. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back. All right, dudes, duders, and dudettes. It's time to advertise some things tell you guys what we got for sale what we got for sale today is tanya morgan merch at workingcreative.bigcartel.com we have t-shirts we have hats and you don't have any which means you should go buy some because it's christmas and you need to treat yourself not cheat yourself you know what i'm saying word so now that we've gotten all the the heavy intense socio-political racial street harassment educational art stuff out the way let's lighten it up a little bit the show is called bad with names as you know because you're on the show mm-hmm. you knew that was the name of the show right yes okay all right so i want to ask you about a couple of a, a couple of name game questions okay so the first question is what name do you think should stop existing like there should be no more of these people named <laughs> Um, like there are some names that are being phased out like I don't think I've ever met another Eleanor I don't think I know any Eleanors that are under 50 I know Eleanor how, how old is she? well I don't know her personally but I know like some people that are under 50 how, how old are, name Eleanor? yeah are they under 30? Maybe not under thirty. All right, that's what I'm saying. Like Eleanor is one of those <laughs> names that you get it from your grandma. Like it's, it's like Eleanor is not gonna name her daughter Eleanor. She's stuck with that shit. I'm pretty sure that there's like some. You, I mean, your daughter's name is Avery. 
Right. Avery's kind of an old name. Avery's a unisex name, though. And unisex name. It's still names, an old name. It's, it's, I mean, I, I think it's a great name, but it's like an old name. It's kind of like a classic kind of... It's like name classic, like Donald. Like it's name classic. <laughs> <laughs> like Donald, you know William, what I mean? William, Yeah. But you, like, I don't know. But I feel like... I don't know. Tatiana's like a... I don't think that name's going anywhere. Yeah, Tatiana's a name classic. Name. It's pretty Russian. It is it's very it's Russian. Russian. So you kind of all mixed up culturally. I'm you're, totally mixed up. Yeah, you're like a black. I'm like black country, Russian, Iranian. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Lynn. Like, Lynn is just country as fuck. Like, I don't even know. You, like, you don't. Lynn. Yeah. And then they got that long ass <laughs> last name. But so you can't think of any names you don't want on earth anymore. Like, you don't want to meet any more of these people. Um, I don't really like the name Walter. Walter is an old name. But I don't I haven't you, met many Walters. It's just a weird name. We I have a I have a cousin named Walter. Okay. And he's old, dur. Mm-hmm. Like sixty-ish. Mm-hmm. And even when you call him Walt, like it's just an old name. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not like a name. If you if you met a like a, a person like this is my newborn, his name is Walter. You're like, well, <laughs> right. Like Walter. He should have a beard as a baby at that point. <laughs> exactly. He shouldn't just like, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, Walter's a good one. And uh, I would say Albert. And Alberta. Albert. Albert and the feminine of Albert. Albert. Alberta. Yeah, Alberta. Alberta seems like. <laughs> Alba's a cool one, though. But Al is short for Alex more, most times. No. Or is Al short for Albert? Al is short for Albert. Really? People don't say Al for Alex. They just say Alex. No, my friend Alex. Uh, Alex. They, you call him Al? He calls himself Al D. That's his jazzy nickname for himself, Al D. <laughs> <laughs> but do people call him Al? Big Al, Al D. People call him Al. Yeah, they call him Al. He calls himself Al, and that's what's important. I call myself Don Will. People call me Don Will. Yeah. No one calls me William unless they're an old coworker mm-hmm. or a teacher or a person who I don't care enough to tell them my name is not William. <laughs> that's how I kind of it's, it's, when people call me William, I know like oh you don't really know me or I don't really like you. Yeah. <laughs> If anybody call, that calls me William is listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't fuck with you. You know what I like? I like when people call me Tati. Tati's like my nickname. They're really? like, but here's what the I like it when people who I don't really know call me that. Like people who just like make themselves real familiar with me and just like you oh, do hey, Tati. or you don't. I do. I like it sometimes. It depends on who it is. Like, but I like because I like the nickname Tati. Like my friends, call, my close friends call me that. Um, and so if I like meet someone and we're like getting familiar with each other and they just kind of start calling me Tati, I'm like, oh, that's nice that you took it upon yourself to. <laughs> to See, that sounds kind of like to, you don't actually like me, it. To call me this nickname that people that I'm close with call me. If I like you, I like it. If I don't, then, you know. And I really don't like when people call me T. Like, that's the one nickname I've never liked. What about TT? (laughs) Yo, TT. I've never liked the nickname T. Yeah, TT. And people, people call you, people just, call you people TT. People would just call me T, like after just meeting me. It's like, no, my name is Tatiana. You don't get so, to just shorten it because you're too lazy to say so Tatiana. The most notorious name shortener I know is Ilias. Mm-hmm. Like that motherfucker will just shorten anybody's name. He used to call me D. I think he was calling me D for a little while. Mm-hmm. Somebody, and I don't like being called D because I'm like, that's that's weird. Yeah. But he'll shorten, like, he, he just expects you to know what the shortened version of the name is. <laughs> When like I'm like yeah it's Tatiana he'll be like ah oh, yeah Tot that's the homie he'll be like who is Tot 
It was shorter than like these weird ways that aren't really mm-hmm. like we have a friend named Julie. He called her Jew. Like it's not even that long of a name. Right, right. Just say the other syllable. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't see. Yeah. But all right, TT. So. <laughs> all right, Will. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of your? Did your um your first car? Did you have? Well, you don't really have a driver's license, right? I have a driver's license right. that is expired, that but was, I've never that was had an inside a car. joke. <laughs> but no. did you have a car and did it have a name? I've never owned a car. Never owned a car. Nope. Did your friends have a car with a name? Um, Alana had a big blue truck. She wanted to be like different, so she got like this big like truck. an F one fifty. I think it was like one of those. Yeah, like a big ass. Oh, you truck. are from the country. Yeah, she but. had like a big F one fifty. It was blue. And I think she had a name for it, but I don't remember what it was. Like, I don't know. So I don't have an answer for this question. <laughs> big blue truck is is a good enough name. Uh oh, that sucks. Um oh yeah, well, what what is the name of your horse? I have never had a horse. Do you know any horses? Yes, my cousin has a horse named Cherokee. Somebody in your family has a horse. <laughs> You are from Oklahoma. That's what I'm saying when I say, like, I think people in Oklahoma just have horses. The number you have dialed has been changed. Maybe it's, maybe it's like the beating on the table. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. But, all right. Have you ever thought of a name for, like, your autobiography? If you had a, if there was a book. All right, so wait. Autobiography is the book you write about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Have you thought about the name for that? I have not. If you had a name, it name it right now. It would be called. We have horses as pets. <laughs> <laughs> it would be called Pet Horse, <laughs> the book. <laughs> it would be called. I smile too. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Stand you. That would, that's a good name. I can't stand you because people <laughs> think your project is so aggressive and mean, but it's not. It's really not. So is that the name, or you, you actually have one that you thought of? Uh, um, it would be called. I I really I don't know. I'm not good at these like on the spot questions. Um, well, I'll just name it for you. Your book is called I Smile Too. <laughs> <laughs> I smile too. The book. I smile too. Tatiana Fazlalizade. I smile too. Um, <laughs> and one more. Okay, one more. And you have to come up with something for this one. Okay. Do you know what your name was going to be if, if you were a boy? I don't know what it would have been. Um, I I know. I'm sorry. I'm giving terrible Fucking answers. Fucking the game up. I can All tell right. you. Uh, my mom had a kid a baby well this is gonna be sad I wasn't trying to be sad but I was just saying she named a kid Africa I thought that was an interesting was it a boy story. or a girl a girl it's an interesting story okay anyway yeah, that got, got kind of sad <laughs> sorry alright well since you, know, since you have no answers to any of these <laughs> questions I'm gonna ask you one more okay one more what would you what would you name your kids Oh, Boy or girl. I have this. Okay, here we See, go. See, I, I know this. I have a couple of names. Don't take my names, people, because I'm going to judge I like the shit names. out of these names, too. These are some good names. Okay, so if I have a girl, uh, I want to name her Katlo. 
Kahlo, like Frida Kahlo. Like Frida Kahlo. My mom's middle name is K, K A Y, K. That's another country ass name. Um, K and Lynn. <laughs> Look at K and Lynn on their horses. My, name is, my, to my the mom's name is Sandra K. Like, that's so country. Um, she sounds like she should have a lot of like, like cake mix or some shit. <laughs> Sandra K. It's so funny because it's like K. It's not like K period, like it's abbreviated or something. It's just K. The letter K. K-A-Y. Or... It's oh, K-A-Y. Oh, okay. yeah. Anyway, so I would name my daughter like Kylo K. I think that's a cool name. That sounds like a rapper name. Huh? Yeah, which is cool as hell. Kylo K. You're thinking of Kilo Quiche, but. I'm definitely not thinking of Kilo Quiche. <laughs> I didn't think of Kilo Quiche until you said her name. <laughs> But Kahlo, I like the name Kahlo. She looks like she's 12. Oh, okay, keep going. Sorry. sorry. Um, what else? I like the name. My friend's name is Texas. And I really love the name Texas. Texas is a really cool Tex- name. Texas Isn't Texas a, Texas dope, is a dope, name? Really dope name? Yeah. I think, in all honesty, most names, people named after states, that's just a cool name. I think so, too. Like, I don't think California would be a good name for a person. Right. I don't think or so Oklahoma, either. I'm sorry. Or Ohio. Ohio wouldn't be a good but name. But, like... Either. People like a person named Brooklyn. That's not a state. That's like a city. But Brooklyn's a cool name. Yeah. Or like Montana. Montana, Dakota. Dakota's a dope name. I Dakota's think so. a dope name. Carolina. Caroline. Caroline. Dope name. Carolina. Florida. It's not a good name. Florida. <laughs> it's a terrible name. Mon- we said Montana. French Montana. Montana. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think there are any other ones that work. But Texas is a really dope name. Kansas. Kansas is not a good <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Louisiana? Nope. Arkansas? Louis. You can call it Louis for short. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, what else is there? there aren't Virginia. Many. Virginia. Virginia. That's, that's the one we forgot. We forgot Virginia. <laughs> a lot of people are named Virginia. There is. Okay. So, you would either name your children Kyle O'Kay or Texas. No, you just said Texas is a nice name. Yeah. All right. I, Kahlo is a name that I am like. Kahlo K. I think Kahlo is unisex, though. Kahlo is totally so, unisex. Yeah, you, that's boy or girl name. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you you answered enough. I'm, I'm comfortable now. You can go. You can leave. Thank you. I will leave my apartment yes. now and leave you and here. I will sell all of your stuff for money because I'm broke. <laughs> and nobody would want any of this, so I apologize. Shit. <laughs> that, that little Kim painting is the first to go. All right. Well, we're out. Bye. Peace. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Well, that was quick. Shout out to my lovely guest, Tatiana. You can check her stuff out at StopTellingWomenToSmile.com. And yeah, drop her a shout. Shout her a holler, done. Um... And also, cop some of that stuff I've been telling y'all about that Tanya Morgan merch. We need y'all to cop that. We need that support financially. And, yeah. Speaking of Tanya Morgan, I've been writing. Uh, I know I said I had writer's block last week. But I've been trying to, you know, get around that, circumvent that by actually doing some writing. Because the best way to overcome a problem is to just face it head on, right? Right? Right. Um... Yeah, like I was telling y'all, like the beat that I'm talking over right now is an actual song, and I've been dying to play it for you guys. If you want to hear it, if you want to hear it next week, hashtag change my number. That's hashtag change my number. 
Twitter, SoundCloud, wherever you leave your comments at, I'll, I'll see them, I think, because I'm monitoring comments. But hashtag change my number if you want to hear that song, and I'll play it instead of the commercials. That'll be the commercial. I'll just play verses from that song. I think that's kind of a cool way to let you guys hear new music, right? You want to hear music like that? You do. You don't have a fucking choice. You're, you're my captive audience, if you will. That's why you're here, so that I can bombard you with things that I'm making. Um... Speaking of bombarding you with things, so I do want to play a clip of that horrible advice segment for you. Um, I'm still working out the kinks with it, and I'm still trying to figure it out. So what I did for this week was I rolled over to Reddit, and I found an advice forum, and I took a couple questions, and I you know, gave it a shot answering some of them with Tatiana, and we had a good time with it, but I don't know if it's ready to premiere. So consider this like a, a soft launch, if you will, just like a little of what's to come and who knows it might be its own podcast its own thing because I have way too much time and not enough shit to do psych I should really be recording verses when I have the mic on but that's coming that's coming hashtag change my number all right here's your horrible advice I have suspicion that my friends are alcoholics it's pretty obvious to everyone but them how would you go about telling them without hurting their feelings or the relationship? Mm. Have you ever had to have an intervention with anyone? No. No interventions ever in your life? Um, Do you know anybody that ever had an intervention? No. I feel like I've been involved in an intervention before. Uh, no. I'm, I'm thinking. No. So, if you had to plan an intervention, how would you do it? What would you do? If you had to, like, you know, would you throw a party and be like, surprise, no liquor, you're going to AA. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like okay. where's the liquor? I'd be like, there's no liquor here. Or like, just fill and out a bottle. Fill a bottle with, like, full color water and, like, pour drinks. Like, are oh, you getting drunk? This ain't even strong. <laughs> Yeah, that's a rum punch. That's my secret <laughs> rum punch right there. Um, I guess if I had to have an intervention, I mean, I don't know. I'd do it like they do on a TV show. It's like, you know, like just gather around the family and the friends. I guess it depends on who it is, though. Like, I wouldn't want to participate in an intervention if I wasn't, like, really, really close with this person, you know. And then at the same time, interventions kind of seem like attacking people. That's what I'm saying. Like, That's that seems kind of like, like, I don't know if I'd want to do that to somebody. If you invited me to, to a room... And I walk in, there's 10 people I didn't know are going to be there, and they all know me, but they don't know each other. I'm like, what the fuck are y'all doing? <laughs> and if it's not a surprise party, we having a problem. Yeah, if it's, it's like quiet, everybody's like stern and just like sitting there. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Yeah. Like, I, I think it was a, there was a TV show where like somebody had like, they had like their whole family there. Mm-hmm. And dude was like, if you, I think it was the DMX thing. Did you see DMX and Ayala? Oh my God! Where, she, where dude was like, if you fun. leave this room, you cannot be in our lives. That, that was so messed up. Yeah, that, that was, was so up. messed up. Like, I feel like that they did him wrong. Like he was trying. I felt like through the whole episode, and then Ayala comes in on her beloved shit and just like fuck the whole thing up. And I felt like that was unfair to be like, you can only love me this type of way. You can't do this. You can't do that. I feel like you have to like meet people where they are and if he's trying and he's put forth an effort then I think that that's good enough you can't just be like an ultimatum like you have to stop this cold turkey or I'm just out of your life like I feel like 
But I don't know. I, I've never at the same time had a close relationship with someone who was an addict. So I can't really say what I would feel or do in that position. I mean, maybe it does get to a point where you do have to put that ultimatum on people. But just looking at that episode, that shit looked really unfair to me. Yeah, I haven't. I've never really been friends with addicts either. So I don't really know how I feel. I do think I was part of an intervention. I have to like text a couple people to find out. <laughs> If I'm not, was buddy. that an intervention? Yeah, like, or was that a party or intervention? He <laughs> 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 seemed kind of mad when he showed up. <laughs> I was chilling though. <laughs> <laughs> but I could imagine an interve- intervention being terribly uncomfortable on the on the side of the intervening side. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But I could see myself at an intervention, just chilling, which is why I think I was that one. I could see myself just being there, like. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm, I'm cool. I got a drink. I, know what you're I mean, doing, you can't man. have one. You can't have one. Man. But I'm cool. Fight me. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, yeah. No, that sounds. I don't know. That yeah. I feel like if I I knew someone, I'd want to sit down with them like individually. Be like, let's just talk about this. Yeah. You know, I feel like it'd be like too much to just walk in and everybody's like. I've never really had. I'm not good with conflict in general. So yeah. I've never really had to like tell somebody in a serious way like yo you have a problem and it's not even about me it's about you and your life and whatever mm-hmm. like and I've never seen anybody do anything that's like overtly destructive to their well-being so mm-hmm. or safety so I've never had been in that position but I probably would want it to be one on one you know what I'm saying like yeah. just me and them maybe in a car and if it was a group of people if it was a group of people I would probably just let them kill themselves and go find new friends. <laughs> I mean, no, like, okay, like, if this person is saying they're friends, like, a group of friends, like, if, let's say it was four people that hung out together, and you're, like, one of four people, and they really like to get blackout drunk every time. You're like, this shit's not cool. How do you convince them? Like, it's mob mentality. You can't just be like, yo, man, y'all gotta stop this shit. They might fuck you, nigga. We drink. Yeah. You go hang out with some other people. You might have to find some new friends. That's what I'm saying in terms of telling a group of people that they're alcoholics. Yeah, I don't know about telling a group of people. The problem might be that they don't drink. That this person doesn't drink at all and they need to get with the program. Right. And maybe at that point, I think you're the one who needs the intervention. You're the one who needs to start. Drinking. <laughs> right. You Everybody need to find, cool. find a you drink you're comfortable with. <laughs> you the one. Oh man. Yeah. A friend of mine told me. Somebody ordered a white rush, a virgin white Russian before. Hold up, what they is said, that? Because a they, white Russian is one of my favorite drinks. How do you order a virgin? It's like two different alcohols in there. What is milk. that? Just milk? Just milk. It's just milk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what kind of psychopathic motherfucker goes to a bar and asks for a glass of ice milk? <laughs> Yo, let me get a virgin white Russian. It says it like that. Like, it's so many other drink options. Right. Water, cranberry juice, juice, like who drinks milk for recreation at two a.m. That's some asshole shit. <laughs> like they probably gave him the spoiled milk. This is from like three years ago. He also might be a murderer. Probably, probably murderer. A virgin white Russian. <laughs> like what? Pretty cool. Pretty fun, right? Yep, it is. So if you want the expert advice of myself and my guests to help you with your lives hit up bwnpodcast at gmail.com or the twitter at bwnpodcast you know 
we'll tell you what to do with your life because you need help all right so that's it i also want to tell you guys that i have a sign off a new sign off like a little thing that happens at the end of every at the end of every episode so don't be freaked out but see you guys next week say bye-bye bye-bye say it in the mic say bye-bye bye-bye